science. It's all about cell-grown meat in petri dishes. Trying to course correct the millions of years of violence and damages to various animals that were plucked, bolted in the brain, and sectioned into edible parts along an assembly line. Before we began this startup, there were many soul-searching meetings about how we might absorb the psychic trauma our forebearers put upon the majestic beings that were processed onto styrofoam platters or wrapped up and thrown into wax paper bags distributed throughout the meat markets and drive throughs across the country. Now our board suggested we have an open office plan with only three cubicles, so that way we could cram the 150 employees that would be working for us. Meanwhile, a vice president in human resources suggested shock collars. For those times, we wandered too far from our computers. We also tried hiring a hip artist who designed a mock-up of our front lobby as a showroom of torture, with a wall of wanted posters of cute mascots from various fast food chains, and a 20-foot formaldehyde cube containing steak knives, barbecue grills, and various types of sandwich bread. And then sitting in one corner would be a refurbished zen fountain, dripping an endless stream of rancid condiments. But of course we went with the venture capital people, who suggested catered lunches, snacks, and beer taps flowing with cold brew coffee and kombucha. They hold the purse strings. Now as a quality control technician, my job is to monitor cell growth in the meat we grew, and this often meant late nights and being the last one alone in the office. One of the problems being in a technology startup is what it does to the human psyche. You get very excited and you tend to carry everything over into a religious zeal. And so then you get self-righteous about what you are doing and, and all this overcommitting of time and lack of sleep will eventually backfire on you. This happened when I woke up face down in a petri dish of what I think was going to be a New York strip steak. Of course, now I take full responsibility for it, even though the cold brew taps had been removed for cleaning that week. My drool seemed to only have collected in the dish itself, and at first look, you really couldn't tell there was any contamination at all. And since we were all just trying to do our best in saving the world, I hushed it up, tried to mop up any excess saliva, and, and went about my monitoring. Later, when the lot number was tracked back to a batch under me, I was sat down in front of a review board where I broke down in tears and revealed my mistake. Strangely enough, my batch of cell-grown meat was some of the most in-demand, most requested, fastest-selling product the company had seen. It was disappearing off of store shelves, and riots were being caused on airplanes because everybody wanted what first class was being served. And so the idea wasn't to punish me for a mistake in the lab. The idea was to exactly recreate what I did. 
Now, even with my success, there still seem to be some red flags and a regulatory body called OSHA, the organization of three other letters, stepped in and health inspectors started crawling all over the place, but our CEO smoothed things over because those are some of the long-term benefits of joining a sorority back in the day. And since we were basically a new industry, you couldn't issue a warning because how could there be a violation for something that never occurred before? I will admit, even after my promotion, I still had feelings of embarrassment in showing my colleagues the best way of contamination, but soon it was just happening, naturally, in an open office with petri dishes. Accidents occurred on a daily basis. So that things like coffee spills created a new line of breakfast meats, and there was even some frozen meat novelty on a stick, most likely because one of our colleagues liked to eat PB&J at their desk. And as it ruined appetites for dinner, we repackaged it as a dessert. I even got adventurous. Besides just the occasional napping drool, there was skin cells from dry hands or dandruff, loose nail clippings, and even the occasional cough or sneeze. Now, even with all of this creativity, there were some actual drawbacks. We just realized not everything could go perfectly when making lab-grown meat. The taste of pencil shavings just couldn't be flavored over, even with full-on attempts of pumpkin spice injected into the cell growth of a late-stage chicken or veal cutlet. But in the long term, most days were just spent simply sitting back, watching the growth happen in cells and market share. I like to think I'm doing my part to further humanity, that science has stepped up to help us evolve from our early days of brutality and and even though we've quintupled returns for all of our investors and yes there might even be a nobel prize for peace in our future because we've completely eradicated factory farming i'm still just not quite feeling at ease it started with small strange things happening like our office football pool keeps shrinking even though we're in the middle of a hiring boom and and bigger things too like when I walk into a restaurant, a restaurant that of course is serving our meat, there's this immediate stillness that happens walking past people's tables. They stop what they're doing, start sniffing the air as I walk by and have this glazed look come over their eyes. You see, I mentioned that feeling of self-righteousness that happens in a tech startup. And I wonder if we were so wrapped up in making history to be the first to stop animals from future butchering and saving the environment. That there might also have been a slim chance we're on the cusp of creating a generation of cannibals. And so that's my job, and I appreciate you letting me get this off my chest. I... Yes, of course. Sorry about that. This has been an episode of the Flypaper Podcast. Music provided by Black Ferns at blackfernsmusic.com. Please help elevate this podcast. Leave a review. Until next time, stand by. Stand by. Stand by.